Welcome to Mystical Musings, November 20th, 2016, here in the Mile High City of Denver, in the Walker Fine Art Gallery, with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. We are now in the middle of our 13th year of Mystical Musings, and we're here near the Civic Center heart of the city in one of the oldest Denver neighborhoods, the Golden Triangle. Known for its numerous art galleries, restaurants, and neoclassical architecture. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non sectarian, non denominational, non doctrinaire, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America. Thank you for joining us today, creating our community of mystics, people finding unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As a community of mystics who know beyond the intellect spiritual apprehension of truths, I am because we are. I am because we are one celebrating body and spirit. Today's mystic portal is the generosity of silence. Silence, stillness, darkness, give us a chance to disconnect from our wired world, 
from the external, from the cacophony of everyday life, the onslaught of information, and the chaos of noise pollution. Stillness is the silence of our habitual unconscious body movements. Darkness is the silence of sight. For some, the disconnect of silence is emptiness. For others, it is fullness. Silence breeds insight as we let go of the familiar and open to the depths. Silence cultivates a deeper listening, an active listening. Silence invites a deepening of our inner life. Silence is the potentiated field of all possibility. Silence opens the door to the vastness of our being. Silence is the playground of the mystic. A wonderful quotation from a beautiful book, courtesy of our friend Dawn. For lovers of God everywhere, silence holds with its gloved hand the wild hawk of the mind. Silence comes in many varieties. One most widespread is the honoring silence for those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for their country, as we recently observed on Armistice Day, as well as also when a great soul leaves their body. Such a great soul, truly a Mahatma, recently departed Leonard Cohen. A songwriter's songwriter, acknowledged the world over by all those in the musical world, as well as his millions of fans, amongst whom Myron and I include ourselves. And even if you did not know of Leonard Cohen's work, as the mystics we are, we can honor the departure of a great soul. Leonard Cohen, songwriter, distinctive basso singer, Zen practitioner, poet, bon vivant, raconteur. Leonard Cohen composed such classics as Bird on a Wire, Suzanne, and perhaps his most famous, Hallelujah. Also included, Sisters of Mercy, Dance Me to the End of Love. As ever, he had his finger on the pulse of culture and society, with his last album just released last month. You want it darker. He became a very wise and witty shaman of song. Bless you, Leonard, as you journey to the other side, as we grieve and celebrate your most remarkable presence in this, our lives. And if Leonard is unknown to you, please just make use of the following silence 
to grieve and celebrate whomever or whatever you wish. As the good practicing mystics that we are, we notice how we deploy our attention. And so we share moments of silence in which happens what? In which, for example, we will often continue to perceive through our thinking mind, since that's our dominant perceptual mode in our culture. Maybe we daydream. Maybe we just allow whatever is present to emerge, relevant or not, just going with it. Maybe we deliberately shift the searchlight of our attention from cognition to other more organic senses of self, emotions, sensations, the movements of our breathing, perhaps mantra, prayer, our relationship with the mystic. Silence also invites us to attend to our beings, not just embodied, but also energetic, sensing the field of energy all around us and within us and between us. Some of us having more direct perceptions of those energy fields than others, but always a potentiated perception within us all. Silence invites us to be and become more and deeper going beyond the habituated patterns of living and communicating, silence is a direct portal to the mystic moment. Recently, there was a study involving adults who would rather administer electric shocks to themselves than sit alone in silence. Men, in particular, would rather shock themselves than sit and do nothing. With the cacophony of daily life, the TV, the handhelds, the news, with all of our devices, too many of us are more hooked up to the world and less connected with ourselves than ever, even to the point of shocking aversion. Silence is relative, operating on a continuum, and is therefore available to us all no matter what is going on. Even just to let go of thinking mind and focus on a repeated pattern, to focus on a repeated pattern, Om Mani Padme Hum. I love and accept myself exactly as I am. I am here now in this. No matter what other sonic distractions might be happening, practicing mantra, for example, 
is a form of relative silence and generates benefits, scientifically speaking. For some, the disconnect of silence is emptiness. For other, others, it is fullness. Silence breeds insight as we let go of the familiar and open to the depths. Silence cultivates deeper listening. Silence invites a deepening of our inner life. The science of silence includes the fact that getting quiet regenerates brain cells. In silence, we are tapping into a specific brain network activated when we engage in daydreaming, meditating, fantasizing, or just letting our minds wander. Brain idling, disengaged from the outer world, tapping into our inner stream of emotions, sensations, memories, ideas, thereby helping us to make meaning out of our experiences, reflecting on our mental and emotional states, empathizing with others, and being more creative. Silence replenishes our mental resources while relieving stress and tension. There are so many different kinds of silence, probably at least as many words as the Inuit have for snow, and maybe even as many as there are people. But when our focus is on felt perception, the quality of silence includes the silence of feeling hurt. You must have felt that at moments. When you felt hurt, nothing was said but you felt it and whoever you were with feel it and you just know, you just know someone just got hurt emotionally. You don't say anything, although sometimes we do, of course, but there's a felt quality to that silence that is different. The silence of being misunderstood. The silence of anger. It's different, it's different. The silence of necessity or survival. The varied silences of worry, fear, shyness, ignorance. Each one has a slightly different felt quality. The silence of happiness, unspoken. The silence of speechlessness as in literally can't say a word. The silence of confidence. And there are different kinds of silence as further distinguished by motivation. Some have become silent as in the mystic one they are content. Some observe silence to keep the mind in balance. Some keep being silent as they lack truth to present. Some observe periodic silence as a practice of penance. Some pose to be silent because the great are silent. 
And finally, for now, there are differentiations to be made amongst felt spiritual silences. The silence of speech, not only of not acting out anger, fear, or grief, but of learning timing of when to speak and when not. The silence of the senses, that felt shift when the mind moves from the outer world to the inner, feeling peaceful and self-contained, essential for overcoming our tendency toward distraction, as well as the silence of deep absorption, being in the space between thoughts. The differentiations among silences continue on and on into very refined states of consciousness. So many kinds of silence that there are and that each of us goes in and out of every day. Namaste. Well, I think we decided to be born in interesting times. <laughs> and this is one of the most interesting I can remember. With all the turmoil going on and all the unknown, the unpredictability of what's happening, it brings up so much in us in terms of fear, Grief, anger, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it brings up a delicious awareness of our oneness with all that is. When I have had a wave of fear, I ride it through, you know, I feel it through. And then it's like this joy comes up in me that is awesome. And it's not as if it goes up and down because the down is really not very often there. It is this joy and excitement of something's new and we get to be a part of it. And as mystics, we get to participate in it. As you know, we don't talk about politics in here. We talk about spirituality in here. And so the question is, how, as spiritual beings, do we address this turbulence? It's a great opportunity for us because, first of all, when there's such turbulence and unpredictability, you find yourself actually more comfortable in the moment, which is something we strive for. And more important than that, it calls forth our sense of duty to the collective. So what can we as mystics do during this interesting time? Well, the thing that's most important for us is to bring our love to the world. We're love warriors. 
And that's what one of the things we're here for. So it makes a difference. If we go forth in love and bless everything and everyone in sight all the time, then we are doing our job. This is what we're called to. It stimulates us and it actually motivates us to be more aware, to be more loving, to be more compassionate, to be more aware, and to be more powerful. This is a time when we can bring our spiritual strength to play. We're good with wisdom, we're good with compassion, and those are both necessary at this time, but there's an emphasis on bringing forth our strength. And what does that mean? It means standing up in our own soul. Standing up as souls in our knowledge and in our, in our usefulness, in our call to be of service. So it's a very dynamic and exciting time. Now, sometimes I find, again, that I, if I go into some state of fear, anger, or grief, I stay with it. But it doesn't last very long because there's just too much joy. And part of the joy is that we know we are evolving into a place of awareness and love and strength that we have never known before. And that is very exciting to us. Very exciting. Many people, many metaphysicians are calling this as we are evolving, we've been feeling the evolution. We've been talking about this since 2010. And that evolution keeps going on and we keeps expanding. It looks like this would make us contracted. Not really, it makes us expanded. So people are saying, this is the last stand for darkness. This is darkness's last stand. And so we want to experience everything we experience because that moves evolution forward. And it calls us to our purpose here. This is not a, a passive time for us. It is a time where we s s stay strong and we bless the world. And we keep bringing love. And we bless everyone in it, all, especially the people that scare us. We bring them love. We don't bring them hatred or criticism or negativity. That just awakens more negativity in them. But if we bring our positive outlet and our love and we bless them, it's our part in moving evolution forward. So it's an exciting time. Uh, so one of the things that really is important to us, to Lawrence and me, is that in this time, we huddle. Right? We huddle with other spiritual people. We call, okay, just call us in. And this seems like our major huddle. 
in here is to say, all right, we're here as a community. What do we do as a community? Well, if each of us is sending love to the world, it gets extremely powerful. And when I do that, I'm very aware of the energy of this, our community. I'm so happy you're all here to help us open our hearts to what is, forget about what's going to be, stay in the moment, and celebrate. Namaste.
there is something about the silence that Myron generates with his music, these spontaneous compositions that are inspired by the field that we are all creating together, that he channels into the beautiful pieces that we hear. Aldous Huxley says, after silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. And the great mime who was silent, Marcel Marceau, did in fact say, music and silence combine strongly because music is done with silence and silence is full of music. What follows is an abridging of the wonderful anthemic missive given to us by the incomparable Clarissa Pincola Estes. My friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. I urge you, ask you, gentle you, to please not spend your spirit dry by bewailing these difficult times. Especially do not lose hope, most particularly because the fact is that we were made for these times. Yes. For years we have been learning, practicing, been in training for, and just waiting to meet on this exact plane of engagement. Regarding awakened souls, there have never been more able vessels, great ships, in the waters than there are right now across the world. And they are fully provisioned and able to signal one another as never before in the history of humankind. Look out over the prow. There are millions of boats of righteous souls on the waters with us. In any dark time, there is a tendency to veer toward fainting over how much is wrong or unmended in the world. Do not focus on that. There is a tendency, too, to fall into being weakened by dwelling on what is outside our reach, by what cannot yet be. Do not focus there. That is spending the wind without raising the sails. Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul, to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world, will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts or by whom will cause the critical mass to tip toward an enduring good. One of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times.
amid even the distractions. <laughs> the light of the soul throws sparks and can send up flares, build signal fires, causes proper matters to catch fire. To display the lantern of soul in the shadowy times like these, to be fierce and to show mercy toward others, both are acts of immense bravery and greatest necessity. When a great ship is in harbor and moored, it is safe. There can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built for. Thank you, Clarissa. Life is unfolding at a more rapid clip than ever in history. And no doubt there are huge challenges and some gigantic problems with it being all too easy for the pessimistic to bewail the current times. But life is indeed unfolding more rapidly and more of it in all realms, but especially in science technology, and of sheer possibility itself, life is providing us with evidence of positive transformation. Dr. Stephen Hawking, the renowned physicist, just recently said that we humans have about a thousand years to get it together to colonize other planets. Otherwise, we are at risk for facing another mass extinction. We must go into the deep silence of space, and there are currently 5,000 candidate planets when in 1995 we knew of none. The advances that came from American space exploration to date are far too numerous to go into here as they populate so much of what we take for granted in our everyday lives. This abundance effect from the adoption of new technology from space exploration as well as the grand vision of humanity going into the vast silence of outer space to Mars is why the evolving Mars expeditions are this month's evidence for mass positive transformation. NASA has expressed deep interest in such an expedition. President Obama has recently articulated the goal of a mission by 2030 and the Chinese, European, and Russian space agencies have all said they want to go to Mars. Amazon's Jeff Bezos has been developing Blue Origin, a rocket firm, to go to Mars. Elon Musk, billionaire founder of SpaceX and Tesla, says that he would like to die on Mars, but just not on impact. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Mr. Musk's goal is to make the journey available to people for the median cost of a home, about $200,000. Aside from the grand adventure of it all, Mr. Musk wants a Mars colony as an insurance policy in the event of an extinction event on Earth, be it an asteroid, a megavirus, or a nuclear war. Making this extraordinary adventure possible is technology already created by SpaceX of developing rocket boosters gigantic enough to do the job, but also rockets that are reusable. SpaceX has done this with what is called the BFR. I will... Um, <laughs> it's a big effing rocket. 
That's what they call it. In The Economist, there it was. Making this extraordinary adventure possible is technology already created of of developing these boosters gigantic enough to do the job. And by a huge amount, this BFR is more powerful than anything ever built. SpaceX will be sending smaller spacecraft to Mars, but without humans as early as 2018, with many missions planned every two years for decades. Industry, governments, academia will all be and are very interested in supporting such a venture. It is just a matter of time. And thus, our going to the great silence of outer space to populate Mars is this month's evidence for incipient evidence for mass-positive transformation. From Thomas Merton, a Catholic monk of the Trappist order and a great mystic. Be still. Listen to the stones in the wall. Be silent. They try to speak your name. Listen to the living walls. Who are you? Who are you? Whose silence are you? Who, be quiet, are you? as these stones are quiet. Do not think of what you are, still less of what you may one day be. Rather, be what you are. Be the unthinkable one you do not know. Be the unthinkable one you do not know. And thus, we are required to be what we are, which is unthinkable, and to know through that being. Shalom. Christ be with you. Assalamu alaikum. Adieu. Adios, aloha. We honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells. We honor the place in you which is of love, of truth, of light and dark, and of peace. As you are in that place in you, and we are in that place in us, we are one in the great silence. Namaste.
be still and know that I am God. Be still is the way to know God. It's in stillness, it's in silence that we know our deepest self. Our deepest self does not speak in words. It speaks in silence. That silence is within us and can be accessed at any time. I am aware that the way I can get to silence most easily is by listening to my breath. That stills the monkey mind. Listening to my breath. What I have discovered in this week, this month, of awareness of silence and practicing it is that when that silence is obtained by my breathing, my heart comes forward and it's a heart silence. Silence from the heart is so beautiful, deep, reassuring, grounding. It leaves you in a field of transcendent love. And you can feel that that transcendent love is going out into the world. It's going out into the collective. Because as I feel that silence, there is no boundary between me and the world. There's no boundary between me and you. It's a place of vastness, of wonder and joy. It shows us how vast each of us is. And we revel in that vastness. And it brings us into awe and wonder and a profound joy. When I visited Our Lady of the Gethsemane, Gethsemane Monastery in the late 1960s, the first monk I talked to was ruining the fact that the rule of silence that had always obtained there had been relaxed so that there were certain times during the day they could use language. It was hard to get used to just vocally because when you haven't used your voice and you have family come to visit or you are involved with another person in a dialogue, it hurts the voice. I said, well, what's the deeper reason that you are ruining the fact that you're not always silent. And he said, because the ultimate goal is to have inner silence.
So by an external method of just staying quiet, little by little, you come to that empty space, that glorious, fulfilling space of complete silence within. A place where it's not silent just in your heart or in your mind, but in every electron of your body, everything is still. And that, again, is where we know the divine. It's in that stillness. Buddhism has been aware of this for a long time. The Buddha is saying that what is suffering is called by the thinking mind. The thinking mind separates us, separates us from one another. If we sit in silence together, I won't know the difference between myself and you. Which led to another experiment I had done this month, and I'm still doing it. I'm really enjoying it, which is keeping silent within even when I'm talking. There's a place of silence I can tap into because it is me. It is my essential self. My essential self is full of awe and wonder that can never be expressed in words. So if I can have that even while I have words, there's something in me that so deeply relaxes. So accessing silence throughout our day. And then it becomes very noticeable that when you're brushing your teeth, you're not thinking. When you're taking a shower, you're not thinking. When you're taking a shower silently, you become very aware of all the sensations. And it brings you totally into the moment and when we are in the moment, we are in silence. It's a holy silence. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Be silent before him. We have known for centuries that the spiritual person, no matter what, of whatever persuasion can get to know himself and get to know God by meditating. And all of us here have done a lot of meditation. It's rich and alive. And in that meditation also we are open. We're open to hear the still small voice the still small voice that comes from our soul, that comes from the realm of the divine. And sometimes that's the way we get our deepest guidance. It comes up and my mind is not available to fight with it. My mind is relaxed and therefore I can receive. So, 
in my times of meditation this month, when I discovered that I wanted to meditate from my heart, and it changed the nature of the field, just because it was a love meditation, a love silence. And that's what we're all about. We're love warriors. We're love spreaders. We know that that is the single most important thing that we do as spiritual people. Engage our hearts and send that love to all of creation. All of creation. Now, I feel that I've been in, uh, inspired and assisted in being more silent this month by the turmoil in the world. Because it doesn't tempt me to go out there. It doesn't tempt me to worry. It doesn't tempt me to try to figure out what the hell is going on. So it has assisted me in going into deep contemplation, deep meditation, and deep sense of oneness with all that is. Where I feel my oneness with you most particularly is after the music. And sacred music doesn't move us to applaud or clap or whatever as if it's a performance. It's not a performance. It's an expression of the deepest heart of us all. And that's where sacred music differs from performance music. And there is sacred music in every tradition, Sufism, Buddhism, <coughs> Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity. Be still and know that I am God. And that God's sense is the most wonderful, beautiful, delicious, amazing, glorious feeling in the world. Nothing tops that sense of oneness with all the beauty, love, wonder, and magic of the creator and the creation. So, I don't meditate now. I tell myself to meditate and listen to my breath without bringing up the heart. Because that is such a powerful meditation. And so calming. So joyful. So wondrous. That you feel that you are in in a bath of the divine presence. It washes over us. And it is that in that moment 
that is available, complete fulfillment. Complete fulfillment. I do feel, I've always felt this, but I feel it more particularly now, that when I'm in that state of love and oneness and joy, that I am in that state with all of us. And if I tap into the community and the love and joy that I feel from each of you, that expands me even more and I go into a deeper sense of wonder and joy and celebration. I'm so happy that we have this community. It is a grace and a wonder and a gift to me. And I can't help opening myself to love when I think of you.
what follows, what follows are spiritual gemstones sparkling their wisdom into our hearts, the attributions of which are available on the table behind me. Please unencumber yourselves, uncross, lengthening your back, deepening your breathing for embodying prayer. We are needing to find God, not found in noise and restlessness. God, friend of silence, nature, trees, flowers, grasses, all growing in silence, with stars, moon, sun, all moving in silence. We are needing silence for touching souls. Silence sources great strength. But there is right silence and wrong silence too. We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Never be bullied into silence. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Accept no one's definition of your life. Define yourself. Nothing strengthens authority so much as silence. <clears throat> silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. Human beings are known by the silence they keep. Silence is one of the great arts of conversation. Listen to the sound of silence. The words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls and whispered in the sounds of silence. These are times when I have to take what I call a silence bath, where I shut off all external gadgets I go around and talk to people and just live a while. Getting in touch with the silence within, knowing that everything in life has purpose. There are no mistakes, no coincidences given to us to learn from all events are blessings. In the deep and fulfilling silences of the season, 
with the deepening silences of the natural world all around us, with the approaching holidays, Myron and I wish you and yours a blessed, richly silent, deepening thanksgiving with the love between us and among us ever growing. Namaste. Namaste.